on 98FM and online. This is Phoenix FM. Job Dean Cox again, this time he's in! At the second time of asking, Dean Cox takes Leighton Orient a step closer to Wembley. Carroll. Jonathan Tahue. Capable of anything. Tahue! Equaliser for Leighton Orient! We're not a city, we're not a town. We're the only one of us around And you know where we can be found When Saturday comes again We'll be trying to do our best To cheer all those on who wear the rest Whatever challenge, whatever test We'll lay an Orion from each end well, good evening, everybody. Welcome along to another edition of the Orient Hour. I'm Andy Gilson in the Brentwood studios of Phoenix 98FM, and opposite me, the one and only Mr. Barry Bash-Galvin. How are you, sir? All right, Andy, that was a good build-up. I like that. And um, Brentwood studios of Phoenix FM, are we international? Yeah, we, we are. We are. We're going all over the world, mate. Yeah. We go all over the world. Right. Well, can you put me for LA next time, please? Yeah, yeah well, well, you get the LA office, Thanks. yeah. <laughs> and uh, alongside you, none other than Darren Burrows. Good evening. Good evening, Andy. How are you, mate? Yeah, I'm all good, thanks. Are you? Yeah, this is, this is where we've got uh, three mics, and one of them, uh, sitting behind one of them, is uh, Simon, Simon Cooper, and uh, I don't know which, hang on a minute, because I've got to work out which mic you're on, because I don't know, it's going to be a, a process of elimination. Say something. Hello, Andy. Get quite close to that mic. Is that working? I don't know. Try yeah, again. I can hear myself. Now try again. Hello. No, it's got to be that one. There we are. <laughs> yeah. it's, a, it's a rotten mic, isn't it? Never mind. The level of professionalism. Yeah, I know. It's just, you know, it's one of those days. It's been one of those I think days. We need a break. Don't, you know. I was in the other studio just recording a, a, a music show and um, I didn't realise. It's my own fault. I left the phone up and uh, just, just in the middle of uh, the track, I get it all set up and start the show and I put the first track on. All of a sudden, my phone goes off in the middle of it across and the microphone's on, of course, and everything. So I had to scrap that and start again. So that was about 15 minutes wasted getting it all prepared. But, um, it's been one of those sort of days, hasn't it? But never mind. Anyway, no uh, football for Orient last weekend, but uh, a chance for the players to have uh, a decent um, break. And uh, a few have made advantage of that and gone on little holes, I think, as well. A few days off. And uh, in amongst all that, uh, the manager has come up and signed a new contract, Darren. Yeah, I think uh, there won't be an Orient fan alive that quite frankly he's not delighted to hear this news and um, I think short of signing M. Pape uh, I don't think the, uh, the club could have done any more um, in the last week to keep us all happy Simon yeah it's brilliant news it was because um, he teased it didn't he a couple of weeks ago after Wimbledon and um, we all thought it was coming um, and yeah it's um, yeah, it was really good to see yesterday um, everyone's very excited obviously two and a half years was the contract um, yeah it's great great result 
Yeah, because I mean, I, I mistakenly said it was it a, a year's rolling contract, but uh, obviously not. I think you were the one who corrected me, Darren, and uh, said it was uh, not so anymore. It yeah, was, that, that, that Ross was on that shit uh, kind of deal, mm. um, and I think in a way it does does speak volumes, doesn't it? Really, that uh, what the club think of uh, think of, of Richie to, mm. to put a length of contract on that side. Yeah. Size. But it's warranted, isn't it? It's, it, was... it is. Um, just playing devil's advocate a little bit. I mean, would you not say maybe you would have waited to see the, a bit of success first before you offered uh, the, the uh, uh, longevity of a contract? Or, or in comparison, without being demeaning to people, with the input of the board and the wealth of the board, if you like, it would be a relative chicken feed gamble, I suppose, um, financially. I, I, I think the latter, what you just said there, I don't think it's a big gamble. I think other clubs will want this guy. I also think that um, he said himself that if he's going to keep players at the club, then he needs to show his intent. He's done that now, and hopefully that will prove pivotal in signing. There's a few players, let's be, let's be honest, uh, Paul Smith particularly, we want to sign an extension in his contract. And the quicker we do that, the better. And uh, you, you, you would suspect that uh, Paul Terry would be the same, uh, be, be to keep them together as a double act? Yeah, good question. Uh, I'd have thought so. I'd have, I'd have said that, the, that that's working well and that uh, Richie will be pushing for that if that's not already happening. Mm-hmm. I'll tell you what we'll do. We, uh, Richie did do an interview uh, for the club. And that's uh, just, uh, I think available is it it might not be i'm just trying to see if it will play but um will it play this is the question well, gaffer we'll start with the news that you've signed a, a new contract at the club um first of all what are your feelings on, on that and, and why now really pleased um it's something that the, the club put to me probably about six or seven weeks ago and you know as i've said i'm happy at the club i think it's a club that's going in the right direction <coughs> and um <coughs> it's a pleasure to work for for the owners and, and the board and then it's obviously a pleasure to work with the staff and the players here so um, for me it was an easy decision um, we just want to kick on now and now that it's, it's done and it's sorted you know try and achieve what, what is the ultimate aim we'll get back onto that in a moment but first of all we obviously haven't seen you much in the last couple of weeks how are you feeling? I've been I've been down like down really poorly <coughs> I don't want no pity off you because I know I won't get any but no I was, I was in a bad way um, I was probably um just started to recover, but then I decided to go to the to the to the Stockport game, um, and that probably set me back four or five days. So yeah, I've not been in a great place. Matty Harold's been in in a similar position, nearly getting there now, probably about eighty percent. So um, thank God it's over with. We're back in and obviously ready to go after a slight break in the fixture schedule as well. But but firstly, kind of looking back at your your time here, how do you kind of assess how things have gone since that first game you come into to where we are now? I don't think it could have gone any better. If you would have told us <coughs> that quickly would have achieved our safety um, last season, then we would have took it. <coughs> Sorry. <coughs> and then um, if you would have... The aim this year was to get in the top seven. So the position that we're in and the points tally that we've got from the games that we've played is, is exceptional and, and credit goes to the players. Um, so everything's ahead of schedule and that's why you sign a new contract. That's why you want players who are out of contract in the summer. You want them to, <coughs> to sign a new contract as well. And um, hopefully in the next... Know four or five weeks we can get a, a couple of players because I think we've got a really good squad going forward, a squad that is capable of getting promote, promotion from this league, and then a squad capable of kicking on in League One. 
obviously every manager wants to try and build that squad in, in their own image and, and you know the, the way that they want to play you've only had the one transfer window but would you say that this team now is starting to reflect you? Um, <coughs> I like to think so in terms of the personality and the character that the, the players have um, and even though we've only had one transfer window and we've signed four or five players we have kept Theo who was already here we have given Adam Thompson new contracts we would like to give four or five other players new contracts so um, and I have spoke about the recruitment in the past I think has been good and I think we've got a, you know a lot of foundations that are set in a really good starting position when I came in and we, and we want to carry that forward I think we've got a lot of players that are capable of playing a higher level and we need to prove that Been at a lot of clubs in your career as a, as a player and, and as a manager now as well what about Leighton Orient is it that <coughs> you like so much and has um, maybe brought you the success The people the, it's different as a player when I, when I was a player I was quite selfish I just thought about myself um, and how much money I was being paid and if I was manager was picking me and I was very, very selfish like a lot of football players are but when you go into coaching and managing then obviously <coughs> you have to look after the whole group um, and when I was at Swindon I had a dressing room at a club that fit the way that I wanted to play I absolutely adored the players I had there but then Covid happened and, and I lost all of the players and I've been searching for a dressing room like that since um, and I, I, feel, I feel as though I've found it here the players and the characters that we've got the drive, determination to improve and get better not only individually like I say players are quite selfish but also for the for the club and the group so um, you know, I feel privileged to, to manage these players and um, like you say, any manager wants a team to reflect their own personal qualities. I think in, in our dressing room, you know, they do reflect me really, really well. Every kind of job you learn, different things. Looking at Leighton Orient so far, what have you learned about yourself? Um, I'm really proud of the way that it's gone. Really proud. You know, I took over a club in Doncaster where probably should have never took it. You know, and people then question you and people label players that you haven't signed or injury situations you get labeled with that you know so then you have to have thick skin you have to recover from it so I like to think that I've recovered well from it um, I do feel that my character and, and personality I do have thick skin and I can I can come back from disappointments um, but no I, I do think that I've come into a club that is very very stable in terms of the ownership and the, the people that I work for are good people and then um, I feel quite fortunate I come into a situation where it wasn't great where we was in the league but I do think that the <coughs> the um, the squad was really really capable and, and, they've, and they've shown that mm, As you mentioned there do you think maybe having that bit of a point to prove when you come in kind of help the way things have gone? Well, well I couldn't wait to I, you know when I when I got sacked from Doncaster <coughs> sorry it's not like I wanted a break I had a quick break probably two or three weeks but I wanted to get straight back in because I felt I felt aggrieved I felt like I was thrown under the bus Um so I was a wounded animal. So obviously, when you when when you feel like you're thrown under the bus and not supported, then you wanna you wanna get back out and get in the next job. And I felt this was a good job for me, and and so far it's gone well. But like I say, it's only a start. Also, one of the things you mentioned when you come in, kind of address the disconnect, I guess, between the supporters and and the um, and the team itself. Was <coughs> the team had been on quite a long winless run at that time. I think since that time, it's been fair to say that you've kind of helped that connection grow again, be that from performances on the field and, and things off the field as well. Yeah, I think that's a quality that I have. I've got a, an ability to do that. I did it really, really well at Swindon. Um, when I took over at Swindon, the attendances were 5,000. When I left, he was 13,000. And then at Salford and Doncaster, he was a COVID, still recovery from COVID, where we, we didn't work for any supporters. We came to the, the ground where... 
you know, no one was there and it was really, really difficult. You see the, the way that I, I want to play football and the crowd is important to the way that I want to play. When you press and you get your rewards, the crowd give you energy and you can continue doing it. When it was no supporters, it was really, really difficult to lift the players. Um, so ever since my first home game against Rochdale, I've felt this connection with the supporters and I have to say that, that from that day that every single home game has been really, really good place to work, really good environment for our players to play in. And, and the supporters have been a massive part of that. There's a long way to go, obviously, in the season or in top of the table at, at the moment, but obviously a lot of hurdles to come. There's going to be a difficult few months coming up ahead. So what's your kind of message to the group at this stage? The group, the grind's going to come. We've, the grind hasn't even started yet. The grind's going to come. <coughs> As you can sense from me, I've not felt great the last two weeks. Players are going to feel ill, loss of form, suspensions, fatigued. You know, on the grind of November, December and, and January is, is going to come. So um, we think we're in a really good place. No injuries touch wood at the moment, apart from Rob Hunt, who's close to returning. Um, but I'm quite experienced at this now, so I know, I know what's coming. And sometimes when you know what's coming, it can help you. Um, you can start seeing signs early on and prevent things happening before they've actually happened. So um, you know, I'm quite comfortable where, we ha where we're at. Um, and I know what's around the corner, I know what's coming. So... Um, you know, the ex experience and the processes that you go through that put you in this position to to help the players through that. So it's a deal till 2025 and in football we don't like getting ahead of ourselves and, and talking about things that haven't happened. But in terms of Leighton Orient as a club and, and the potential it has, what do you think you can achieve here? I think it's really <coughs> a lazy answer if I just said try and get into the championship. I, I think it's really difficult, um, but I don't think it's difficult to get into the top 10 of League One. I think this is a club capable of that. I actually looked something the other day of the average attendances in the clubs of, of clubs in League One. You know, and if we <coughs> if we average our attendance this season to, to the clubs in League One, we'd be in the top 12, 13. So if we went into League One and we had more away supporters and our attendance, you know, it's it's very viable that we can be a really successful League One club. He's been there before with 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 um with Russell Slade in the playoffs. So um I think the the answer to your question would be let's try and get in around the top ten of, of League One clubs. And once you get in there, you never know you might get into the playoffs one year and strike lucky and, and get in. It's a tough league, you know, the Ipswiches, the Sunderlands have just gone up, the Boltons, it's some really big clubs. So I think if you're consistently in and around the top ten of League One, it gives you a chance to, to then get promoted to the championship. And then just finally then obviously everyone can see you're now on board with the club um for that little bit longer. So what would your message be to, to our supporters <coughs> ahead of the rest of the season? Just continue to be, continue to support myself and the staff and the players the way that you have been. But know that I've felt the warmth from, from day one. And, um, you know, just continue supporting the players, continue to come in in your numbers, especially away from home and at home. And, you know, keep the, it feels good. The, good, the, the club is on, on the up and it feels like we're going to achieve something successful this year. So just continue what you're doing. Excellent. Thank you very much uh, for that uh, from Richie Wellens. And uh, it's good news, Simon. And, um, you know, it's 2025. It's not, it does say, it sounds a long way away, but it's, it's not that far really. But I, I expect to see us, as he sort of intimated there, challenging up that top 10 of League One isn't, um, isn't fantasy, is it? It's, no. it's, it's a really a great possibility this could happen. Yeah, you, at, at this stage, like without speaking too soon, you, you'd, you'd hope to think that we were comfortably in League One in a couple of years' time. And um, that seems to be Richie's aim. Um, and he's clearly kind of playing it down as well. Like He wouldn't have signed a contract 
to stay here unless he was happy, unless he thought the club was ambitious. He talks about how he's staying because of the people, and he's talking about not only his players, but also the staff and the, the club and the infrastructure behind it. So he's, it seems like Richie's at home at Leighton Orient, which is a great thing. Um, I mean, there's going to be issues there. I, we've, we've spoken a little bit in the past about, you know, his family's up north, he lives up there. That how, I know that footballers do this. It's a different world, isn't it? But how sustainable is that? But, um, you know, you can't, you can't knock the fact he signed another contract for two and a half years. It's only good news from our point of view. What else, you know, there, there's no better news for, for us and Richie Wellens at the moment. No, I mean, it means if, if anything did happen, it's compensation for the club. But uh, also, as you say, it shows that uh, he's, you know, he's, you know, giving himself to the club for the next two or three years. And... I mean, he's done a he's done a lot in a short space of time, but I think credit's got to be given, Darren, to the board, etc., because they financially, you know, sometimes you can only be as good as a checkbook, can't you? And um, he's he's been supported all the way, hasn't he? Yeah, huge credit to the board here, Andy, um, to get to get this done, to get him in in the first place after a let's be honest, a difficult period with managers after Justin, um, hmm. and, and it's not easy to get it right, and, and I'm. We didn't, and they have with Richie. The, the the synergy is clearly there for all to see throughout the club, and and at the moment everybody's pulling in the same direction. And long may that continue, as, as Richie rightly points out. Keep turning up, keep supporting the club, be positive. We're going to have blips, aren't we, along the way? And you know, th th this is not guaranteed because good old Orient, we're, we're we're pretty good at mucking things up sometimes, aren't we? So. Mm. Uh, you know, what was it, our record in the playoffs, only team to be 2-0 up at half-time and lose. Yep. Know, um, so, you know, we have, we have got a bit of a Jonah about us. Um, but you know what, that's being negative. I, I, I think we've all got to be confident at the moment we've, with the start we've made. So, yeah, I, I'm, I'm with Simon. I'm, I'm absolutely delighted with the news. And I, I, I think the board, you're quite right, deserve a lot of the credit. Um, because it's, it's success from top down, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. I, I, I get the feeling that he's probably given him his wish list for the new year and said, look, I think we need yeah, to get us point. over the line. Blah, blah, I blah. Need. I need yeah. them. I need that. And I need this. I mean, we can discuss what positions you think, but I'm just saying in principle, he's probably named two or three players or positions that he wants filled to give us that extra bit because you're going to get injuries. You're going to get people lose form, etc. It's natural. So you do need to have these bodies to f jump in and uh, fill in the gaps. I'm sure he had discussed before signing the contract where the club's going mm. in the future, medium to long term. Yeah, I think that's so probably think the fact that he's seen a, a sort of pledge from their side that is going to back him up. Because he's, he's a manager that, you know, he needs success as well. Because he's, we said this before on the show, he's, he's at that borderline, isn't he? Where he, he, he admitted himself, he jumped in too soon in one place and he left for money and it didn't work out. And, you know, so he's got a point to prove. Absolutely. And he, had two, he had two bad gigs, didn't he? Yeah. Salford so, and Doncaster. Not so much Salford, in fairness, I think. No. I think that place is turning out to be what it is really now. <laughs> they start to show their true colours that lot. Yeah, yeah. Well, there we go. <laughs> uh, well, no, yeah, no, sure. that's fair enough. I mean, uh, Barry. I mean, obviously, you, you were delighted at the news. You, you really were before we we started the show. You know, you said how, how pleased you were. I mean, you 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 were on the inside really at the club at times, and and you see internally the uh, the Wellens effect. Um, I mean, what is it exactly? 
I, I don't know, but I just think he's the most important manager, obviously, since Justin. And he's just a good fit for the club. We got him at the right time from his point of view, from our point of view. And um, I like the fact that um, he's trying to turn the culture around of us. And Darren's been the same age as me, as you know. So we've had the, the same age supporting, sorry, same time supporting Orient. And getting out of that, oh, we're Orient, we're going to mess it up. We're a little late in Orient, we're, you know, whatever. Trying to change that culture, trying to change that way of thinking, trying to make us into winners, not only on the pitch and, and successful, but... In, in our mentality as, as, as supporters. And I know it's, it's fun, it, you know, gallows humour and all that, and we all kind of laugh about it and pat each other on the back. But, you know, um, yeah, we're never going to be Barcelona, but we do need to get into the into our heads, as the players have proved this season, that we are a, a good team in this league. We've got a good manager, we've got a good squad. A lot of other, if you go and talk to other League Two clubs, they'll be very jealous of what we're doing and what we've achieved this season and how we've done it as well. We've had two defeats. One of them was a poor defeat. All right, we got bullied. We all know about that. 40 minutes in play, the ball went with them. The other defeat, I thought we should have won. But we've won games so many different ways this season, which previously I don't think we've had. We've, we all know we'd have folded. We'd have done this. We'd have done that. Done it wrong. But this season, we seem to have a little bit of everything and, and finding ways to win games that perhaps we, we mm. oughtn't do and, and winning games well where we're not playing so well. And I think that, you know, psychologically, the club could turn a corner with this, this uh, extension of a contract of an obviously very talented manager and a good squad. And I think that um, all those things combined, you know, probably uh, answer that question, really. Darren? Yeah, you, you mentioned about a bold and um, uh, throughout my unillustrious business career, I've worked with some Americans and, and, and you know, good business people. And they, they are confident and there's a fine line in business between confidence and arrogance and, and it took me a while working with them to learn that they weren't arrogant, they were actually just confident. And I think they, they, they've bred that, uh, Andy. They've come in, people like Ken, now Nigel's UK but he's been based in America a long time so he'd have picked up and he'd, he'd have acted in a certain way and, and culture and, and carried himself in a certain way. So I, th- I think we've got a lot to be thankful for in that respect and um, I think Richie exudes that as well he exudes that um, ability to to get hold of a situation and go well you know we're not a little late in Orient well, I'm here to win I'm here, I'm here to achieve something and, and as, as Simon rightly said he's, he's living away from his family so his focus is going to be there mm. and and he's not going to do that he's not going to leave his family to, to foul he's come he's come to succeed and he's got a board of directors who only know success, generally. Yeah, that's a fair comment. I think, Simon, what he's, he's instilling, they, they seem to be learning by their mistakes. I mean, they've, they've went to, as Barry said, they went to Wimbledon and got bullied. I don't think they'll be bullied second time round against Wimbledon because I think every time we've, we've found something that we can criticise, if you like, and, uh, uh, and find fault with, it's very quickly remedied and put right. They, they seem to be learning from their mistakes. They seem to, you know, hone in on, on that and get it get it right the next time round. Whereas before, we, how many times do we say, oh, my God, they've let a goal in the first minute of the second half again or, or whatever. They're never learning from their mistakes. This time round, they certainly do seem to be. Yeah, definitely. I think it also comes, I mean, we've only lost two games in a row since Richie's been here and that was FA Cup and then the game in the league but you know you can't see Richie losing three on the bounce like, I don't think that's going to happen this season um, I like the way it all comes down to honesty with Richie Wellens and I've, I've, I've spoken about this a fair bit before I love how honesty is and that honesty translates to the players it translates to the fans even in that interview there he was honest that he was 
a very selfish player. It was just kind of that bit of honesty. Like I was very selfish when I was a player. I'm not anymore. I've grown up. I'm learning. He's kind of he's he's um those are the virtues he's extolling all the time to everyone and the players. And like yeah, it's all um it's all part of that kind of glue that's binding the club together and the way that Orient needs to kind of move on to to get up into League One. Yeah, I mean, you could. Uh, there's the whole thing you always say. Sometimes us Southerners think Northerners are are a bit arrogant or anything big-headed. But I think it's more a case that they are honest. I think the fact is they say what they think. They're not going to beat around the bush. And I think they come straight to the point, and that can be mistaken as an arrogance. It's a confidence, but it's also an honesty. And that honesty, I think we see in Wellens, as you just said, he will say it how it is. As it is, if he ruffles a few feathers, tough. Um, but he will be an honest with the players. He's being honest with himself and he's being honest with the fans. And I think that's that's all feeding back. And it's all part of the pyramid to get the success. You need all these, all these things in place, all these building blocks. And the fans are now thinking, hang on, we can, we can do this. And as Darren said before, you know, we, we, we have memories of, of, of massive failures because of things that have gone on in the past. You know, yes, we were 4-1 up against Hull with 15 minutes left and we lost 5-4 at home and, and things like that, you know. Uh, and it's these sort of things, of course, that, as Barry said, gallows humour. But it's in the past. That was then. And we can only worry about what's coming next. We, we can, we can re- you know, it's nice to hark back sometimes, but we have to, you know, plan for the future. We can't worry about what went on before. We all know we've blown playoff finals and we've won playoff finals and whatever. But it, it, it's irrelevant in a way. Um, you know, it's a fresh start, fresh manager, you know, and these are all players who are in their mostly early 20s and everything. So all this past stuff is irrelevant to them. There's a um, lot of psychology in it, Andy. You, think, you know, when you hear um, commentators on the TV, they love their stats, yeah, and they come up and they go, well, they've never won here away in three or four attempts, and these people have never scored yeah. an away goal. That's a different team. It's a different time, a different 11 players and a different manager. Hmm. Yeah, it's, they, might, they might say Stockport County, Leighton Orient, or Hartlepool United, but they're different people, different times, different times. And that psychology gets in your head, oh, we never win here. Yeah. We never won away. We've never scored three goals. You know, that, that's it's irrelevant. And I think this is what we're saying that we're trying to change the culture of like every game's a new game. We go in. We're eleven players. We're as good, if not better, than other teams around us, and we go and play to win. Yeah, I mean, it's it, I mean, it's a different team, but I remember uh, Tottenham and Liverpool. I think at, at Liverpool they hadn't won at the time. I think Spurs hadn't won since nineteen twelve. You know, and I think it was seventy years since they'd won at the time. And the ma- Liverpool manager said, "Listen, you know, it doesn't matter how many times they've lost. If we flick a coin up, it's still fifty fifty, whether it be heads or tails." He said, "You know, basically what Barry's just said. It's a fresh game. It's it could go either way. And of course, that, that year as it happens, I think Spurs did win, but." Um, you know, as I say, we've got this new squad of players and it's, you know, they're young and they're willing to learn. You have got some older players there, but the young ones are taking on board what they're being taught and it's staying in there. And hence the, the defence is one of the best we've got. We've got, we all know we've got a great goalkeeper who probably could play at least one, maybe two divisions higher than what he is doing. Um, but we've got him and... You know, uh, the, the, I don't think we've seen confidence amongst the ranks like this for a long time. Even when we had that run under Russell Slade, you kept waiting for the wheels to fall off. I don't know about you, but you kept waiting for it. But there's something in this lot that that, that and there's an ingredient here, and I don't know what it is that I haven't seen before. Darren, yeah, I think talking to Russell Slade, it does remind you of the 2014 season, doesn't it? Where 
Um, he, he, he put the balance of the side, was, was superb <coughs> that year from memory. Yeah, you know, um, and, and I think we, we've got that at the moment with, with the way that the, the side's balanced. The, the, it's, it's, there's no square pegs in round holes or, or <coughs> when the square peg has to be put in the round hole um, when Tom Jones played in the centre. We still won. <laughs> we still got the result. So, and then I remember talking on a few shows ago how Sweeney came in at the side and, and we were all sort of nervous that he was going to have to play because we had an injury. And he was fantastic. <laughs> so, so, I know you were impressed, yeah. You were. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, 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 and it's all those type of things that the old Orient, that, that's gone. These, these Americans don't, they don't do. They don't failure. do failure. No, no. they don't. They don't. And, 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 and long may that continue. Oh, you can do failure, but you're down the road if you do. Well, yeah, I mean, but that goes along with success. They, 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 mm. they, they'll take the tough decisions. And, and, you know, we know that from the way previous managers have, have gone down the road, literally, mm. because they weren't able to get the club up the table. So they, these, these guys have got a plan. They've got a lot riding on it I think as well because they're, they're, the way the Americans are they don't leave it on a table they'll tell you what they, they want to do you know when we spoke to Ken promotion word you know can you talk about that yeah of course I can talk about that and that's the difference they're, 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 they're not going to hide their light under a bushel these people they want and they demand and they command yeah, and they're not there to lose money, you know, because they're business people. So you, you put in, you know, a million dollars or whatever you want to put in, you'd expect to see at some point and be able to get a return. That, that's why we'll end up with one of the, 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 I don't know if it's 4G, 5G pitch, whatever they're called. Yeah. That, that will happen at Orient. And the reason that will happen is because you're quite right. What you just said is, is bang on the money, Andy. These geezers don't like losing money. These people are businessmen. They don't like parting with their dollar. Yeah, so that club under these guys at some point, I think, will break even. And for that to happen, if you'd have said that yeah. five years ago, that as a League Two club, we can be in a position where we can break even. Now, well, Particularly the off, geography, given the geography of where we are, that makes it extremely difficult to break even, doesn't there's, it? There's 10,000 people moving in. We've got 10,000 new neighbours moving in. Mm. Yeah, there's so many good things that they will capitalise on, and they're already looking to do that. So I, 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 I'm going to get carried away. I, I really do feel that we can push on as a club where we're, we're located, the investment that they can attract. You know, we're, 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 we're 45 minutes from Mayfair. Do you mm. want to invest in Grimsby? Scumthorpe? No. I think, it's, I think it's a really important point, because I think well. <coughs> The, the demographic of East London at the moment. So when I was in bowling around in East London in like Mare Street, we all everyone moved was around Hackney, like deepest Hackney, Broadway Market. That was a trendy place to live. It's not Hackney there. It's not Walthamstow anymore. The pe place people are moving to is Leighton. They're moving to Leighton because they can afford it. That is a place. Leighton is is on the up for a younger demographic of a certain type of Londoner, and those people are now going to the football like. The, the West End, it looks sometimes quite trendy. <laughs> and I've never seen it like that before. There's, there's hipsters and hipsters, beards, yeah. and it's, it is changing. You go to Coach Norse, Simon, before the game, yeah. and you're quite right. Yeah. The demographic of Orient Fan is changing. Yeah. And, and the, the, the Orient are becoming a very, very attractive proposition yeah. for a Saturday afternoon. The, the pinch point on the pricing yeah. for the tickets. They, 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 I'm, I'm with you. I yeah. think I think Leighton's becoming a very cosmopolitan yeah. f area, and and again, long may that and, and all in are capitalising on it. That's the great thing. Yeah, and it's there's something that attraction about people have had enough of. The, we've discussed this before about the Premier League. 
people have had enough. They want to go and watch football again. They want to go and watch League Two, League One football. And Leighton is Leighton or it's the perfect place to go and watch it if you're in town. Yeah, I mean Steve Dixon, our former commercial manager, he he took um, a. a a bunch of um he works for an autistic charity now and he took a bunch of autistic kids over to Dagnum as it happens and they went round a pitch and saw the game and he said it's so important that the kids learn that it's not a TV show. It's real life. There are places you can go and actually watch the football live, you know, without your dad or your mum having to find two hundred pounds to take you out for the day. They can come to these clubs and I think he's absolutely spot on there. I mean it's it is vital and, and the small clubs like Orient, like Dagenham, etc., they they can offer something the big clubs can't, and that's a closeness to the action. Uh, you know, you feel part of it. You're not number thirty-one thousand, whatever, through the door. You know, you are a, a special person there. You are needed. You know, you're part of a family, as they say, and a growing family at Orient. And you know, the, for the first time ever, you know, in my, my memory, we are going to be averaging above, well, above seven thousand this season. But there's other sides of it as well. We've got a high street. We've got pubs about around the ground. We've got cafes. We've got other stuff to do whilst you're, you're indulging your football, scratching that itch on the Saturday. I, 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 we all know where Westfield and Stratford is, yeah? I don't envy them. I would hate that. And mm. a lot of culture, football's a big cultural thing, and people want to breathe that. They want to be part of that. They don't want to go to Nando's in Westfields before the game. But Darren, this is another problem, we're just digressing now, but the ground as it is, even if you put in corner stands, if you like, temporary seating stands, as long as you've got access points either side of them, you know, you could put in maybe four, three or four hundred seat temporary stands to up the capacity by about 1,500 maybe. Um, well, the East stand's the obvious answer, isn't it? Well, that could be three-tier, couldn't it? Yes, yeah, what I'm saying. If you want to increase capacity without changing the actual structure of the ground, the East End would be the obvious. Although I understand, obviously, they undertook some work and there was asbestos involved, wasn't there? So yeah, I know it's not straightforward. That, that, but that's It's the, not difficult now. They don't do it in the old way, so they can actually do it quite quickly, quite safely to get yeah, rid of... That, that's the answer um, to extra capacity and yeah. another sort of three, 4,000. And there are teams that have been up in the Premier League, such as Bournemouth, who have, um, and hmm. have what, 14, 15,000? Yeah, I mean, so, how, you know, how, many, yeah. how many people do you actually need... How, what is the realistic ambition for later on? Like, it's great to be dreaming about this, isn't it? It's brilliant, exactly. How many people do you? How big a stadium do you need? Well, I think the I think if you're honest, Simon, is that they they will probably get around home fans, maybe nine, maybe ten thousand home fans. You will only get maybe a thousand or two away fans except for London derbies where you might find you've got four or five thousand away fans so you probably need a fifteen thousand um, point about Bournemouth yeah yeah they're eleven thousand yeah eleven twelve thousand yeah, 000, yeah. Look, once you get in that Premier League it's not about the attendances the attendances no it's the money off field yeah exactly so look I mean, we, 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 now we are getting carried away <laughs> uh, uh, are we in are we in the Premier League now <laughs> we've, we've got a long way long 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 way to go mm. but uh, uh, I'm with these guys. Ambition, championship, eventually. Yeah, eventually. I think eventually. a QPR sort and, of and situation. Once, once yeah. you get in a championship, well, you know, uh, who knows? Who yeah. knows? But I think you've got to be, yeah, you've got to be ambitious, but you have got to be realistic at the same time. And because you don't want to burst a bubble, and, and nobody knows the finances of the world, and some of your best backers at the moment might be people who have to pull out for other reasons three or four or five years down the line. So, you know, you have to be cautious. And I think, you know, you look at clubs like Queen's Park Rangers, that, that's a sort of, they're not a massive club, but they've held their own for many years now. 
Uh, I don't know what their finances are, only, but that's a decent, probably a decent model you're talking about. But the championships known as the gamblers' league, isn't it? It is people that try and literally throw everything at it to get in the the promised land. And this we've discussed this before, but the difference between the Premier League and the rest is, is encouraging people to gamble to try and buy their way into the Premier League because they'll be rewarded once they get there and then it's all going horribly wrong. Well, but that's um, the, you know, that's the FA and Sky's fault, you know, that's... that's but you're not going to get our board do that, Barry. No, no, that's that- what I'm saying. So if you did manage to achieve an amazing thing like we almost achieved and got into the Championship, you'd be looking at being, being a Millwall, wouldn't it, really? Realistically, we're not over budget, we're playing... A, Good football, good football. I've not I've been here for a while, but uh, uh, surviving and doing reasonably well in, a, in, a, yeah. in a, without gambling, without throwing hundred million at it and going bust. But you've reached that point where you're now offering people a very viable alternative to the Premier League. If you are in the Championship, you're still offering them football against very well-known clubs at a very decent level, just one step down, but at a price that's much more affordable to people. You know, and, and I mean, look at us here. We're, we're offering football for five pounds, you know, in the capital. I mean, we have to be fair here. This is us different to all the other clubs around us. We are, you know, in London. We've got all the bills that come with London. And we're offering football for five pounds. I mean, that's, it's, it's pretty unbeatable. And as to risk of repeating myself, as Simon has said, in, in a much more up and coming area where people are now happy to go on a Saturday and spend time. So and go back to what I said. They don't. They want. They want to be part of of what's going on as well. In in terms of, of the what, the areas got pubs. It's got club. It's got it's got facilities that that people associate with football. Mm. And, and and I think that cannot be underestimated or understated. The, the, the benefit we, we, we're deriving from from from, from that. Um, I think we've lost a pub recently. The Leighton Technical closed down. So I think I think it'd be nice to see uh, that one. Yeah, and and I don't think you can under like you say. Um, I don't think you can underestimate the power of a football club in the middle of terrace houses because it doesn't exist as much as it used to, and it is so important. It's such, it's so evocative for everyone, and it's being able to walk from the tube ten minutes via pubs and um, cafes and just. Walk yeah. people to the football. That's Co- what it should be. Coronation Garden with the Laurie, Laurie yeah. Cunningham. Yeah. All these little things on their own, they, they don't amount to much. When you start adding all this together, when you take the fact that we've got a fantastic board of directors, when you take the fact that we're in the conurbation we're in, when you start adding all this, all of a sudden, all these little blocks that you need to succeed in anything in life, we're building these blocks. We have these blocks put in place. And that's why... I, I generally believe in my lifetime. I have one ambition before I turn my toes up, Andy, and that's to see my club back in the championship. That's my one ambition in life as, as, a, as an Orient fan. And I'm starting to believe again. I really do. Now, we've got a long way to go. We've got mm. a lot of hard work. We've got 24, 25 cup finals mm. to get just to League One. But it's, it's, it's all so now achievable, in my humble opinion. Good. Let's take a a little break and uh, listen to what Dave Victor's got to say on this week's Victor's View. Victor's View is brought to you in association with E3 Security Services. 
E3 Security Services are specialists in event security. If you require close protection, door supervision, or stewards anywhere in Essex, London, or the home counties, then contact Lee at E3 Security Services on 07 947 843 That's 07 947 843 E3 Security, specialists in event security. It is tremendous news that Richie's committed his future to the O's since his arrival in E10 back in March. Richie has transformed late 90. He brings high expectations, ambition, a sense of purpose, energy and, of course, humour. But currently the O's have this mini-break, so it's a good opportunity to look at the sides immediately below the league leaders. Let's start with the two who have exceeded all expectations, Stevenage and Barrow. After last season's struggle, Steve Evans has turned Stevenage's relegation fears to promotion ambitions. And if that wasn't enough... The Boer have reached the third round stage of each cup competitions. In the League Cup, they beat Reading and Peterborough before taking Charlton to penalties, which the Addicts won the shootout 5-4. Boer have reached the third round of the Papa John's Trophy, and in the FA Cup, they go to Aston Villa in the third stage. So it'll be interesting to see whether all these additional games will put a strain on the squad in the latter stages of the campaign. Stevenage's success, based on the exceptional home record, is even slightly better than the O's. Eight wins. Northampton, the only side to take maximum points from the Lemex, and the Hertfordshire Club have won four and lost twice on their travels at Salford and Bradford. The O's have an opportunity to try and inflict another away day defeat when Stevenage come to Brisbane Road on the 27th of December. An interesting point is that of Boa's three defeats, two were against sides that were reduced to ten men. Steve Evans definitely making the most of the additional substitute rule. He makes more changes than most in League Two, often changing members of the attack to enable the high energy, high press to be maintained at a relentless level throughout the entire game. Stevenage's impressive form has been achieved with a very good disciplinary record. Only Doncaster Rovers is better. Evans is assisted in the technical area by two people who will be very familiar to the Orient faithful. Alex Ravel, of course, a former O's striker, we know only too well was with Evans at Rotherham. Paul Rayner made 15 appearances for the O's way back in 1998 and he has been the loyal number two. With Steve Evans at Boston, Crawley, Rotherham, Leeds, Mansfield, Peterborough, Gillingham, now of course Stevenage. Boa's success will surprise a few, but for me it's Barrow whose league position is astonishing. Pete Wilde moved from Halifax in the summer, having achieved where so many have struggled before him. Taking the Shaman to the National League playoffs in the far northwest, geography often against any manager of the Cumbrians. They are so isolated that Barrow's training ground is located almost 60 miles away in Salford, ensuring that it's closer to where the majority of players live. Like Stevenage, Barrow were fighting for league survival last season, and like Barrow, Pete Wells' side success is based on a good home record. Eight wins, two defeats, the first, of course, inflicted by Richie Welland's men. Barrow's disciplinary record is similar to the O's, which means it isn't very good. Only Sutton, Northampton and Wimbledon have worse. Well, it's going to be interesting to see how these two sides fare for the rest of the campaign. And I think, as with last season, there could be one or two other sides who will invest well in January to move up and compete for promotion. I would see Stockport, Walsall, as well as AFC Wimbledon, as being able to bridge the gap. 
And whilst at the wrong end of the table, unless there's significant changes soon, I fear for both Hartlepool and Gillingham. December is going to be so important for the O's, it kicks off the visit to Bradford City, who, like Leighton Oint, didn't make it to the th- second round of the FA Cup, but they did play last week in the EFL Trophy when they lost to Salford. It's two wins from three draws for the Bantams in the last six games. Mark Hughes' side definitely preferred life on the road. They've won six, lost two. A large travelling support guaranteed, despite the 12.30 kick-off. And I'm looking forward to seeing the league leaders back in action in E10. It's been far too long. Finally, don't forget a festive food bank collection organised by the Leighton Orient Trust. It's at the Score Centre, and you should be able to make your donations from about nine o'clock. Thank you very much, Dave, uh, for another of our Victor's views. Um, some good points there, as usual. He's looking forward to Saturday. I think everybody is, even despite the uh, early kickoff. Which may uh, is there, is there a strike on this week, or are we all reprieved? I don't think there's a strike. No, there's no chance. strikes this week. No, no. there isn't. Seventeenth. <laughs> <laughs> That's nice of them, isn't it? Yeah. yeah so uh, you should all be able to get there as early as it is. But I mean, it's a sellout. It's going to be a huge uh, crowd and a big, big atmosphere, Darren. Yeah, I think Bradford, safe to say, one of the best supported clubs in in that division. I think the best, aren't they? So yeah. I think they've brought, they're bringing twelve hundred down. I think we're all expecting a, a very uh, uh, good good atmosphere. Um, give me a hard game. I think. I think they're on a good good run of form. They're definitely one of the fancied sides. I would say now to to be up there, and um, they've got a very very good defensive record as we have. So you know, yeah, looking forward to it. I mean, it's, it's, it's Barry. It's one of those things that we've been talking about the Orient of old against Nist, and you know, but the Orient of old when it came to the big games, sell out crowds. The wheels came off. Do you not? Yeah. Uh, you get the feeling that not the last did, three or four, like that. You just yeah, two there. Not the last three or four, but Bradford. Sorry to pick you up on that. They've been in great form. They've lost a couple recently. Yeah, they lost three one at home the other day, didn't they? Away. The, yeah. the relevant point is they are much better away than mm. they are at home. Their record is is almost chalk and cheese away at home. Yeah, they lost three one at home the other day, didn't yeah, they? Yeah, yeah, Northampton, and they lost yeah. before that as well. So they're not in a great run of form. However, I do like you expect them to be there or thereabouts at the end of the season. I'll be surprised if they're not in at least a playoff position. They're a big club. They're well supported. They've got some good players. Andy Cook will have to be taken care of, obviously. He's a goal scorer. And I do expect a hard game. And despite the fact that we are favourites and that, I wouldn't be that displeased with a draw. And I'm not being defeatist there. It's just that we need to keep them sort of teams behind us. Um, we have got a five-point gap, um, which I don't want to diminish it at any point. But, you know, it, would be, it wouldn't be a bad result because they are a team that on their day will, will beat a lot of teams in the division. And I'm not including that in us, us in that necessarily because we're at the top. We're a good team. But... It is a tricky game. And um, what was my other point, Darren? don't know. Couldn't, couldn't have been that important. He's forgotten it already. It was probably very important. Yeah, yeah, you come back to you then. Come back to me. <laughs> I'll do that thing. Like, what are I coming here for? Do I, well, who are you anyway? <laughs> Get into that age. That's it. Si. Yeah, I'm, I think I would also take a draw this weekend. Um, I think. I think it's all right to draw with with the teams around you at the moment because we're not losing to the teams around us and we're beating most of them. So... Um, a draw to Bradford is not a bad result if we get one I'll be, I'll be up for that um, but yeah I mean a win is definitely possible I mean we're five points clear of fourth uh, no five five points no, what is it what, 11 points clear of fourth but we've got a massive goal difference as well like you can't forget that um, so 
you know, we are in a very good position. So getting a draw on Saturday is not a bad result. It's, it's, I think it's five clear of fourth and 11 clear of seventh. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, so, I was going to say, yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, you're right. I do stand correction on that. They did lose against Northampton, didn't they? Yeah. I thought that was was um, one of their only defeats recently, Lobel, but I might be wrong. I've not studied their form. I, I do know they've got a very good defence, uh, particularly, like you said, away. Was, but uh, we're, we're coming into December now, obviously, and that this is... You know, we always say it every year, but it really is in Orient's um, current. But this is the make or break, I think, of of the season. This is if you come out of it on January the third or fourth, and you're looking, and as you say, you're looking down, and you've still got a five point gap to fourth. You think, you know, yep, I think we're going to be there, and um, it's going to be a difficult one because it's it's hard match after hard match, Barry. We're we're actually five points yeah. clear, and it's eleven points to fourth. It yeah. is. Bradford are fourth. Uh, no, whoever's fourth, sorry. Whoever, it's 11 points to yeah. fourth, yeah. Um, so it's what we points, said. Sorry, yeah. Barrow, yeah. Barrow in fourth. Barrow in fourth. And we're 11 yeah. points clear of fourth yeah. and we're five points clear. So it's better than we uh, said a couple of minutes ago. Five, yeah, sorry, 11 panic. points, yeah. But the other point I was tr- I forgot I was trying to make is we all discussed before where, who we thought were going to feature in that top seven mm. come the end of the season. So did you want to discuss that now, Randy? You've got another Yeah, point? carry on. I, I think Stockport will... Will feature. I think they'll be charging up the league. I mean, they were pre-season favourites. They've had a very difficult start, but they did look a good side when we played them the other day. They just got a draw with Charlton at the weekend. I think they'll be in the top seven, as will Bradford. Um, I, I, I know everyone's saying it, but I don't think Stevens will necessarily be in the top three. I think they might falter a bit. They might hang on for the top seven. Mm. I'm with you. I yeah. think they'll fall away. And yeah. yeah, and I think, as I say, Bradford, Stockport, Northampton will be up there with us. And... Um, Mansfield and Mansfield, yeah, yeah that that'd be my kind of top five or six there. What do you what do you think, guys? I, I would agree with that. To be honest with you, I think Stevenage. I think Stevenage's big game probably is against us on the twenty seventh. Really, I think that is going to be a big game for Stevenage. I mean, I think it's bigger for them than it is, is for us. To be honest with you, I, I don't think Stevenage will fall away. Um, oh. I, I don't. I think. I, th- I think. I think they're going to be up there. Uh, um, Northampton, hundred percent, going to be up there. Mansfield, I definitely agree. Grubby Stewart at Stockport, that's, a, that's a, another team that I thought played well. I have to be honest, I think Wimbledon will, will be up there as well. Do you? I do, yeah, I do. I do, I, I do think that um, they have a certain style of play. Mm. Uh, if you look at their recent form, they are, they are picking up some quite good results as well now, Wimbledon. So... I do, I do fancy them to, to be up there. Carlisle's the one I think will fall I about. think with Wimbledon, I think you've got to see how many they've played twice. You know, because I, I think with their style of play, most sides are going to go right. They're not doing that to us again. Um, and I think it was certainly Orient will... I mean, we've got the better footballers. If, if you look at the results they've been picking up recently... Hmm. Um, that doesn't suggest that. This just just the opposite. No, I'm not saying. I'm saying you need to see how many they've played twice now, because yeah, yeah. On the one-off, you can play a, a quality side, and, and as, you, as happened to us, you can bully them. And, and no, no, uh, no one's played anyone twice yet. You know. Well, I don't know. That's what I'm saying to you. You've got to look at their the results. Season. We're not at that point of the season. Right, well, there you go. Because that's what I'm saying with Wimbledon, second time round. You know, saying. I'm not being funny. You're going to leave a foot in on them. You're going to leave a foot in and an elbow here and there because you're not going to be bullied the, twice. The trouble is, and they don't let you play football. And I'm, I'm going to have a go at them here. But they, they don't. How much? What was the ball in play when we played them? 40 that, minutes. 40, yeah, really, 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 really. Pathetic. Yeah. You know, I just want to say about. I know we're not discussing the World Cup, but 
Well, you, so you can far, if you yeah, want. No, you I can mean, if you want. It's, it's the an World open Cup house. so far, they, but they started adding these nines and tens in eleven minutes, and, and really not letting people get away with this messing about and stuff. And you will have noticed, just like a naughty kid, that now there's fours and fives and threes being added on because the people think, well, I ain't going to get away with that. It's going to be added on at the end, and the referee's pointing at his watch as people are walking off, and he's, he's doing that. And I think this is a great thing because it will stop things like that happening. Not just because we lost, we might have lost anyway, but stop mm. the ball being in play for forty minutes. You don't play pays to go and see that. But they don't let you play football. That's their game. When we're successful, success at any cost, I wouldn't like to see it. But that's, I think, this, this new directive from FIFA, if it's going to bleed throughout football, is a really good thing. Um, obviously, the 70-minute game doesn't seem to be finding favour where the, the watch gets stopped when, he, when the ball goes out. And we've all discussed that before. But if they're going to go make it clear that they're adding on the time and it might be 11, 12 minutes at the end of the game and people start thinking, well, it's not worth no point in me doing that now. Barry's tapping his wrist. He hasn't got a watch on. So it's, uh, it's a figurative, figurative. <laughs> figurative watch. The mystery watch. Oh, Seven fifty-one. <laughs> He's pathetic, and he sometimes, honestly. <laughs> That's why you asked me, mate. You look oh, good, isn't it? Dearie, dearie me. Well, I've got to give you some stick, haven't I? I mean, there's a. Well, I don't. Know. I don't know, honestly. Honestly. So I mean, the fixtures are coming up thick and fast uh, after this. So. How do you see them panning out, Darren? Um, I think this is the tricky one, if I'm honest. I, I think it really is. I think this, along with Stevenage, uh, Newport, we've got we, we've got to go and get revenge, haven't we? Mm. It's a Friday night, which uh, I think that's going to be another another game potentially because they beat us. But but for up the I, I know I, I think we're going to be okay. I really do. I think I think the way Richie's got us set up and playing. Um, the way the way uh, we've started, um, but the, the, everyone, the old cliche about everyone can beat everyone. Well, Newport proved that with us, didn't they? So, so I wouldn't want to sit here and say to you, Andy, yeah, we'll be fine. We'll be rolling team threes and fours because mm. we've not done that, have we? No, but I think it's coming. Uh, I hope you're right. I hope you're right. I I I, I really do. But um, I think the 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 way the style of play is. That we 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 tend to be happy to let the opposition have the it's ball. Cautious, we, isn't and, it? Yeah, yeah. So so I'm not. I'm not I'm, I think I think if we get a, a couple of early goals against a team, then I think you could see something along the lines of one of those three, four, five. But at the moment, they've all been very narrow. I think we've only won one game by two clear goals, or sorry, no more than what not. We have only won a few games. Harrogate springs to mind. We beat Hartlepool, didn't we, by a couple of goals? Then, then, really, if you look around, most of the other results we've picked up wins by one goal. Yeah, I mean, looking around the division, I mean, you just mentioned Hartlepool there and, and Gillingham as well, as Dave Victor mentioned. They're two clubs that are really deep in trouble, Si, aren't they? Yeah, and I think, I think. There's, I've, I've seen a fair few commentators think say that Gillingham are going to turn this around and are probably going to get out of trouble. Hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean, if you don't want to, you don't want to be stuck down in the in the in the mud down the bottom. There, it's horrible. It's no, they're not. No, they're having a shocker. Be, they'll be up in Gillingham. <laughs> don't pull it around. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's that's we, we, you know, we, we, I, I wouldn't wish it on Colchester and and teams like that, you know, to go down because it's it's bad for the area if they do. You know, I mean, it's um, but. <laughs> It's it's a point in question actually because we were talking earlier about grounds 
and moving you know people say oh get out and Leighton and that you know and, and you do hear that quite often and sometimes I've thought well might be better off in Romford or something like that and then Darren's come up with you know and yourself Simon with the value points it's an upcoming area etc tube trains just uh, tube stations just around the corner etc and you know you look you look at something like Colchester where they moved the stadium away from the housing and out onto uh, by the main road there and a brand new purpose-built stadium and it's been an absolute disaster i mean the crowds barely get above two or three thousand and and it is it's just well, it is a pretty soulless place i suppose but it's a functional stadium it's new it's tidy and it, and it's an absolutely hopeless place so there is maybe barry a lesson there yeah yeah i, I believe so i think it, the community sort of feel of of inner city clubs like Simon pointed out surrounded by terrorist houses it does give an extra dimension to the football you're amongst um, other you know other people and other cafes and pubs and stuff like that and it just mm. adds to the match day experience I think oh, I, I, was thinking, I, was, I was thinking about the, <laughs> yeah. yeah I was thinking about the food the other day and their most successful food is the pie and mash isn't it so it should be yeah and who thought of that Mr Pie no me Mr Mash me oh, right, okay. where's my commission I actually. I think you invented it, Andy. Yeah, no, but I, they were talking. They said, what, "What do you think we should do?" And I said, "Well, if you, yeah, I did actually. Seriously, Andy no, did he call the stadium a lot of his pie and mash? No, no, I did no, say to him, no, you, you did pie on, mash Andy, and liquor. I did well. You, you come on, let's tell the story. <laughs> I've barely. You did time. set the alarms off on all the garage doors went down, didn't you? Yes. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I used to do the food in the in the um, press room. And then one of the meals I used to do was pie mash and liquor. And we had a little oven and then they got silent alarms at Orient and um one of the pies one of the pies just caught the element of the oven. So a little tiny little plume of smoke must have come out and it wasn't burning, we still ate the pie and nobody heard anything and the next thing the safety officers run through, he said, For God's sakes, what have you done? I said, What? He said the, the, the alarm's gone off, he said it makes all the grids come down, so if I, nobody can get into the stadium, it's about quarter quarter to three on a Saturday and apparently um Lindsay was calling me many unprintable things. <laughs> and, um, yeah, and that was the end of the pie mash. But um, I did recommend them doing pie mash in all seriousness to the to the to the um, crowd, and it's been a, a massive success. Go, go back to what I said a minute ago, like building blocks and little things. There is you could pick so many things now about the match day experience. Yeah. And mm. that, you know, it, it might sound a bit trivial, but it's another one you can add in. I love the pie mash. £4.50. Mm. I, I think I said on the last show, I mean... It's cheaper I, than I, the bar mash shop. I went to... Yeah, it is. It is. It is. Yeah. And, yeah. And, and I said on a couple of shows ago that, that they had put, put a price up. I mean, I, I won't be popular for that. No. But I want the club to... to well, do you know, exactly that. Why, why piddle around with 50p, £5, and that's it. And you're still getting great value. Yeah. Anyway, we digress. Prediction for Saturday, Barry Galvin? I'm going to say a 2-2. Darren? Uh, nil, nil. And Sai? 1-1. One, 1-1. One. One, one, I'm going to go. Are you ready? Cool. 4-0. Oh. Right? He's lost it. And, no, I haven't lost it. Last time you I'll all... I'll buy the pie and mash Listen, what did you... Lo- <laughs> we did the scores in here last time against Stockport, and I said, I think we'll concede, but we'll win 2-1. We all hope so, and that's right, there. right, guys? No, yeah. no, seriously, I can... You know, we, we're a great team. We might turn up in... Even a broken clock's right twice a day. Uh, That's true. I'm going to leave you with the man opposite me singing our theme tune. Good night, everybody. Stay healthy, and we'll see you next time round. Ta-da. We're not a city. We're not a town. We're the only one of us around. And you know where we can be found.
found When Saturday comes again We'll be trying to do our best To cheer our bows on the weather vest Whatever challenge, whatever test We'll lay an Orion from E10 Lay an Orion from E10 This is our club and we are proud So sing it up and sing it loud We were formed in 1881 Clans and Orion and so begun The old story and on it runs We're late and Orion from E10 Whatever challenge has come our way The only faithful are here to stay we will live to fight another day We're late and Orion from E10 Late and Orion from E10 This is our club and we are proud So sing it up and sing it loud We're not a city, we're not a town on the hour across Brentwood and Billerick. It's Phoenix FM. Be fast.